Joining me tonight, ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host, Doug from Ontario, Canada, here on the Truckers Podcast. Now, last night I came out here, uh, just about this time, um, doing my show. Um, everything was uh, up and running really well. Everything to be appeared to be running really well. And unknown to me, and this has happened before, Nearing at the end of my show, I would play the music and the music wouldn't play. So I knew there was something wrong. And unfortunately, half the show was missing last night. So that uh, that show didn't get put out all around the world. So I'm going to redo the show this evening. And thank you for joining me. I am your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Now... I'm sure, actually, I'm pretty positive that you have heard what has happened here in London, Ontario, Canada over the weekend. It is gone worldwide. And what happened on the weekend, Sunday evening, here in the city of London, Ontario, Canada, in the northwest part of the city, the unthinkable happened. That we would never think of such heinous act of violence. That a 20-year-old driver intentionally crashed into a Muslim family here in London, Ontario, killing four. This is a heinous crime of hate. This is a heinous crime of terrorism. Homegrown terrorists. One member of the family survived is a nine-year-old boy. He is in hospital 
with serious injuries. This is a family, a generation, three generations gone. In the, in the, in light of everything um, unfolding and I want to get this out there to the witnesses of what took place. And immediately jumping into action in order to help these victims. I thank you for trying to do your best. And I thank our first responders for getting to this scene as fast as you did in order to try to save lives. The driver of the vehicle was caught. He is in now in police custody. This 20 year old driver, he is from London, Ontario, Canada. He is being charged with four counts of first degree murder, one count of attempted murder. After he deliberately drove his vehicle directly at this family, of this Muslim family driving right through them and not stopping. Now you see the deceased are a grandmother, a husband and wife and their teenage daughter. And like I said, the nine-year-old boy is in hospital with serious threatening injuries. Now this incident happened around 8.40 p.m. on Sunday. This family was out for an evening walk. They're waiting at a lake to cross the street. And what happened next was just unforgivable. I've talked about racism on my programs. I've talked about hate, stereotype. We live in the 21st century and hate and racism has been going on for centuries. When is this going to stop?
This is just really a really sad day here all across Canada and in the city of London, Ontario, the, the community and all over the world and in the Muslim world. It was a really sad day. And my heartfelt condolences goes out to the victims and all their friends. I am so sorry. We never think about these things happening in our own backyards, ladies and gentlemen. But we have seen it far too often. We've seen this happening in the United States with the high school shootings, the movie theater shootings, the public school shootings. It's an act of terrorism, homegrown terrorism. The whole, the Oklahoma bombings in Oklahoma City. Timothy McVeigh, homegrown terrorist. You see, ladies and gentlemen, we have to rise up. And we have to join together and we have to support, support the, my, the minorities. Whether they are Asian, whether they are black, whether they are indigenous, whether they are Muslim, Sheikh, Jewish, The hate in this world has gone on long enough. Now, hate is a very powerful word. Hate runs deeper than the deepest oceans on this planet. Terrorism. Whether it is just a terror, a terrorized, organized group inflicting terror on the West and other parts of the world, or it's a single act of terrorism by one individual, hate, as far as I'm concerned, is like the white supremacy groups. They just hate everybody except for whites. The other radical groups. Oh, I bet they're just gleaming right now. Oh, I bet they're just gleaming that this has happened. The ignorance 
of these radical groups, the ignorance of white supremacy groups. This kid, 20 years old, hasn't even begun to live his life. And somehow he has this much hate for someone. How does that even come about? And racism. Oh, we know racism is taught. Hate can be taught too. I can't stand it when you have a, 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 a you know, a, a, for an example, with this individual who took these four lives and they want to talk about him. Right in the middle, how uh, uh, right in the middle of, of everything, how everything is unfolding. Right now, in my opinion, who gives a shit about him? They want to talk about him. They can talk about him later. And quite frankly, I don't really give a shit if they do or not. Right now, we need to stand together and we need to support. We need to support this community. We need to support the Muslim community. They are not doing anything wrong. Except that, you know, they come to North America or they go to Europe or wherever they move to from, from their motherlands because of the violence and the wars and the killings, they want to get away from that and they want to come to a place where they can be free and where they can be safe and feel safe. Not to be harassed when they're walking down the street because of the way they dress, because of the way they look because they're Muslim. They wanted their freedoms and they wanted to have rights just like everybody else. They wanted to get away from their war-torn world and to come in to live in peace and harmony. Right now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm trying to bite my tongue so hard for not just dropping the F-bomb left and right. Because I am just sick and tired 
I'm so sick and tired of the hatred in this world. You know, in here in Canada, you know, after the riots on Capitol Hill in the United States, the Proud Boys up here in Canada have been designated a terrorist organization. Excuse me. We should do the same thing for the right, uh, for the white supremacy groups. Designate them a terrorist organization. We haven't done that already. And the radical groups. Stereotyping individuals. You see, this is what these people do, right? They stereotype these people, these these white supremacists, this white this white supremacy bullshit. You know that all Muslims are the same. They're terrorists. We know that's a bunch of bullshit. We know that's not true. It's just like saying all blacks are criminals the drug dealers, and the gangbangers. We know that's not true. Stereotyping indigenous people that they're lazy, they don't want to work, they just want to live off the system. Drug addicts and alcoholics. We know that's not true. Today, here in the city of London, where this heinous act of terrorism took the lives of these four innocent people, took the lives from the Muslim community and from our community. in a community where they came here to live, to work, to raise their families. And to leave a little boy with no family at all. The entire country here in Canada mourns with them. and all the countries around the world and in the Muslim world. It's not the first time that this has happened in Canada. Twenty seventeen in the shooting in the mosque in Quebec. where people would gather and only to be shot down. 
Why? Tonight here in the city of London was a vigil, a vigil held at the mosque on Oxford Street West, not far from where I live. Thousands of people gathered. Our Prime Minister of Canada came here to the city of London, our Premier of Ontario and other government officials came to the city of London today. For support, for support to the Muslim community. The Ontario government temporary lifted the restrictions on outdoor gatherings so this vigil could go forward. You know, ladies and gentlemen, as we watch things unfold around the world, even like the 9-11 attacks, and we watch things like this, where innocent people are ran down and ran over without a care in the world. I can't even comprehend, I can't even comprehend it. I can't even begin to wrap my head around it. I can't even begin to try to understand it. I am lost for words when it comes to something like this. What kind of world do we live in? What kind of world is this? I really don't know. You know, growing up, you know, born and raised here in Canada, born and raised right here in London, Ontario, Canada. There was no kind of fear like this. Thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. There was no kind of fear like this for anybody. We've had Muslim people living here for, for, for decades. Blacks, Koreans, Asians. There was no fear to walk down the street and stand on the street corner waiting for a light to change. You could cross the street 
didn't matter what your ethnic background was. We know the racial of blacks in America, their trials and tribulations of over decades of being suppressed, being held down. Imagine for a moment being them that you couldn't even go into a cafe and sit at the counter and order a cup of coffee because you were black. Couldn't use the laundry mats. Couldn't go to the Six Flags. You had a ride at the back of the bus. And still the racism still lives on. It's still there. And it just doesn't have to be police brutality against blacks. When somebody is targeted, whether you're black or you're Asian or you're Muslim or you're Jewish or whatever the case may be, and you're targeted because of your race, that is an act of terrorist, homegrown terrorism right on the soil in the United States, right here in Canada and all other parts of the world. When, when does it stop? Do we say now enough is enough? Do we put the white supremacists on notice? and the other radical individuals and groups out there. Is this the time now that we put them on notice? The ex-president of the United States, Donald Trump said he is the least racist person. Now, the question is this. You're either racist or you're not. It's a yes or no answer. It's not a rhetorical question. There's not a, an incy teensy part. There's not a medium part of races or even a little least of races. It's either you are or you're not. 
I don't have one racist bone in my body. See, growing up, my father taught us that we have to respect. That we are to respect everybody. If I, if our father heard us calling somebody the N word or seen us harassing somebody from a different culture, which didn't happen anyways, but I'm telling you, man, <laughs> you know, he helped bring us into the world. He would take us out. See, Canada, you know, we are multi, um, a multicultural country. People from all around the world come here to Canada to leave their roots and grow in prosperity and in health and in freedom. We are one of the most diverse countries in the world. That we wel welcome so many people from every walks of life into Canada. I'm saddened For what took place here in the city of London, Ontario over the weekend. I'm angry. As so many people are and upset. You know, I was watching the news tonight and they were showing this individual, this person, this 20 year old person who is the driver of this pickup truck, who is the driver who ran down and ran over these people, ran through these people and killed them. I found myself hollering at the TV is why the hell are we even talking about him? This was premeditated. You know, when the police caught up to him, he was wearing some tactical jacket of some sort. How does a 20 year old person have so much hatred? against another 
an ethnic group? How does that even become that deep of hatred? And that you intentionally run them over and keep driving away. I don't understand. I just don't understand. Now, this act of violence, this act of terrorism is in the hands of the law. Is it in the hands of the courts? The prosecution and the investigation is an ongoing investigation. But I want to get on to lighter side of things, ladies and gentlemen, because I know that over the next coming days and weeks, there's going to be a whole lot more to this story. That we'll just have to wait and see how everything starts to unfold into this investigation. But on the lighter side, ladies and gentlemen, here in Ontario, Canada, London, Ontario, and all across Ontario, our Ontario Premier Doug Ford has announced the other day that we will start our phase one reopening three days earlier than expected. So this Friday, June the 11th is when we are going to be able to have larger outdoor gatherings. Instead of the 14th of June, that was the original date for the first phase of the reopening of three-phase plan. In this stage, the outdoor activities and gatherings will be first to open, but with some restrictions and limits. Outdoor gatherings for up to 10 people. Outdoor dining for up to four people per table. Non-essential, non-essential retail at 15%. Outdoor religious services, writs, ceremonies with a capacity limit to permit two meters of physical distancing. Outdoor sports training and personal training for up to 10 people. 
our day camps for the kids, campsites and campgrounds, all of our Ontario parks, outdoor horse racing and motor speedways, outdoor pools, splash pads and wading pools. Well, that opened up a couple weeks ago. That opened up on, on uh, May, the May 2-4 weekend, the out, or the outdoor splash pads, not the pools, but the splash pads, and that opened up. Today, for the first time in a very long time here across the Ontario, is that we have seen under 500 cases per day. From the last... 60 days of seeing over 5,000 cases per day. The vaccines are going into the arms fairly quickly, getting this first dose out. And beginning to start to get the second doses rolling out because you know back in back in March Canada was the first country in the world to extend the doses from that 21 to 28 day wait period for your second shot to 16 weeks for your second shot so we can get more needles in the arms. Now places like the greater Toronto area, Brampton, Mississauga, the city of Toronto and the York region, you know, they have been in lockdown in the stay at home order since March 20. All other parts of Ontario, I mean, they were had less restrictions. But our numbers at that time, you know, back in March over the winter, February and that the numbers just kept accelerating, going in the wrong direction. not targeting the hot spots. And the hot spots were the greater Toronto area in the workplace outbreaks. The Ontario government at that time was not willing to come up with a sick pay benefit until enough hollering and stamping the feet and jumping up and down and saying enough is enough. We need to do something here. We need the sick benefits in order for people to stay home and they don't have to worry about going to work. They won't have to worry about not getting a paycheck. But when this sick pay benefit rolled out from the Ontario government, You know, when Doug Ford talked about it, that, oh, yeah, this is going to be the best pay sick in North, pay sick benefit in North America. Three day sick pay. That's what they come up with. But it was too little, too late. 
They had to start targeting the hotspots with the vaccines. Even had to get the mobile units out there in order to get the needles into the arms. Our borders, our land border between the United States and Canada still remains closed. Only for essential. And that's people who work on either side of the border and truckers. Now they are discussing things about how it may look or what they might do in order to uh, reopen the land border. But it, the land border isn't going to be open at once. Then we'd have thousands and thousands of people crossing the land borders. The United States isn't fully vaccinated. Canada isn't fully vaccinated. Yeah, we don't have the alarming numbers like the United States has in COVID cases. And we want to keep it that way. Now, if the United States wants to open up their side of their border, that's their business. But we don't have to open our side of the border to the United States. Yeah, we want to see tourism happening again. Of course, we want to see that. Basic, basically, tourism has been decimated. on both sides of the border. But this is something that is not just going to happen overnight. We're going through this three-stage plan and, and starting this Friday with what I just told you what these the first phase was. And that's going to run for 21 days. Now, depending on what the seven-day average is, how many needles are going into the arms, how many second shots are going into the arms. And if things is, is, is all well, and that we see um, the second step start happening in July, once 70% of the population in Ontario has received at least their first dose, and 20% has received their second doses. Now we're actually kind of getting close to that right now. And this is only the 8th of June. Now, when we get into that second stage, you know, this first stage is, is a, a, you can have a gathering outside of, of, of 10 people. The second stage will be a larger outdoor gathering of up to 25 people. 
small indoor gatherings for up to five people. You know, that's in your own home. Because right now, only the people that live in your home can be there. If you want to have 10 people, then it is outside this Friday. And as the outdoor activities start going up, see, there's going to be a lot of outdoor stuff, not a lot of indoor stuff. See, when it comes to the essential, the non-essential um, services or just non-essential businesses, you know, like Walmart. You know, Walmart sells groceries and of course they sell everything that you like to buy at Walmart. Now you're going to be able to do that. Same with Costco. You know, of course, Costco sells groceries and that's all they are able to sell. But starting this Friday, now you can buy everything you want from Costco. Doesn't matter what it is. The other unfortunate thing about this first stage reopening is that malls will not be allowed to open. Hopefully that starts in phase two, but it doesn't say here whether that will be allowed because this is like all outdoor stuff. You know, when it comes to the essential retail at 50% capacity and non-essential retail at 25% capacity, when it comes to the non-essential retail, that means that stores, storefronts that are facing the streets these non-essential businesses. See, stores that are in the malls, they don't face the street, so they can't open. Now, I'm sure somewhere in here, I don't know why, I mean, because it just says a lot of outdoor, like the outdoor meetings and event spaces, outdoor amusement and water parks will be able to open up. Outdoor boat tour operators, county fairs, You know, I guess that won't be until at least stage three. And then we're talking in August, September, by the time we get around to doing that. I mean, the small businesses and, you know, and the non-essential businesses, I mean, they have been suffering. You know, before the government told the big box stores that they had to block off all their non-essential items, they could not sell their non-essential items. But before that, the big box stores were making these huge profits and these non-essential businesses couldn't open. But these non-essential businesses is only the ones that face the street. But the entrance is off the street that you can go into these non-essential businesses to do some shopping. 
Man, I need some clothes. I need some summer clothes. I just have to just make do with what I have until I can actually get into a mall. But, you know, we are, you know, we are um, going in the right direction here when it comes to um, the COVID cases and, and, and going into the into these uh, three stage um, reopening plan. And like I said, the federal government is um, looking at and what they can do um, with the land border between Canada and the United States. Because each month around the 21st of every month is when the government, the federal government would extend those border closures until the 21st of the next month. So coming up around June 21st, the government, the federal government will make an announcement whether that's going to be extended to July 21st and so on and so forth. Border cities, border towns, you know, of course they would like to see the land borders open for tourism. Canada and like other countries around the world, you know, we don't want to see a fourth wave. We do not want to go backwards. It's been tough. It has been tough on so many people financially, mentally. Businesses that have closed permanently. We have to stay on the, on, on the, on the right path here. I would like more than anything to, to be able to, you know, welcome back our American friends. And of course they want to welcome us back into their country as well, into the tour, the, uh, uh, tourism. But that's just not in the cards. Yes, we want our lives to return to normal. We all want that. We want to be like a post post pandemic. But if we rush it too fast, it could just set us back. You know, I'm a sports guy. I watch sports. I watch golf. You have you have the fans on the golf course. You have the fans in the stands in the hockey games. I mean, full stands. I mean, full out, full blown out, eighteen thousand people in the stands watching their favorite hockey team play during the playoffs. 
in the province of Quebec here in Canada. The last couple of games that were played in Montreal, they allowed 2,500 people in the stands. When the Toronto Maple Leafs were still in the playoffs, no fans in the stands. And of course, it was Montreal Canadiens in the Winnipeg Jets. And when they played in Winnipeg, I think they had 500 people in the stands. Now that the Montreal Canadiens were the last team standing here in the North, they move on to the third round. And whoever they face in that third round, the hockey team down in, in, in the United States, they will be allowed to come up here to Canada to play here in Canada. And they're only going to be playing the Montreal Canadiens, whoever that may be. And there will be fans in the stands in Montreal, maybe more than 2,500 this time. And there'll be no restrictions on the athletes. They won't have to quarantine for 14 days. Because hopefully we don't get one case, that the athletes don't get one case. Because then the hockey up here will just end up in the United States and no games will be played here. And we don't want to see that. You know, we want to be able to have fans in the, in the stands and be safe and enjoy their favorite sport. So I'm quite happy so far that, you know, this Friday, when I get home from work, I'll be able to go downtown and sit on a patio and have a cold beverage that I haven't been able to do for some time. And that's going to feel really good. And I hope we can just keep it going that way. So I want to thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for coming out and joining me this evening. I know I started this, this, this uh, show tonight on a really sad note. But I'm sure by now, even before I came out to talk about this, I'm sure that you already have heard what has happened here in London, Ontario, Canada over the weekend. Because that news went worldwide. And very so tragic. So I thank you again for coming out here and joining me. I will be back out here um, because I am going to go downtown Friday after work. I generally have a 9 p.m. 
uh, show. Um, so I would like to make it a 10 p.m. show for this Friday. And if you can come out here and join me, that'd be great. If you can, I understand. And of course, Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. And Monday evenings at 9 p.m. And you can find the Truckers Podcast wherever you get your podcast. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Take care, be safe, and thank you. Yeah.